Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bucks of America podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vance, and today's guest is Christopher Dietz. Now, Chris and I go back into their 90s, going to school at the same high school in Osage, Iowa, which is a small podunk town. But the nice thing is, like, growing up in a small town, you get to have a, you get to understand what peace is. And then as you get older, you want to try to be have, meet new, do different types of excitement. But then as you get older and you have children, it's like you, you like the peace and quiet. Granted, Osage isn't much to gawk at, but it is a, a nice peace of heaven because there's, there's a little bit of serenity to it all. We, we have decent hunting, good fishing, but the most thing is it's very peaceful. That's what we liked about it. Now, I grad- I left Stewart, or left Osage in 97 and I moved to Minnesota and it's kind of we've kind of had a, a, an interesting path in how things reconnected now the turning point of our, our meeting meeting once again in our life again is Chris Vega now he's been on the podcast before he runs the downrange outdoors he likes incorporating veterans and helping with their mental health and bringing them out to the outdoors and really experiencing what nature has to offer. But the biggest thing is the serenity. Now I'm going to turn the mic over to Chris here and like, now Mike, excuse me, Chris is a veteran. He served our country and which we're truly grateful for because it was during the time that everything was very, very violent. It was a very violent time that we, went, that we went through throughout the, the 2000s and stuff like that. But I want Chris to kind of tell us his story, his testimonial, like, and what events led you to the service. Well, first off, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. time broadcast. Uh, honestly, as basic as it sounds, uh, after 9-11, after all that went down, even though I was still a little young in eighth grade when it happened, Yeah. ever since then, I... Wanted to be in the military. Didn't matter what branch. I was originally going to go army at first. Uh huh. And but I had a couple of my buddies who I'm still close friends with mm-hmm. ended up going to the Marine Corps. So they kind of, you know, in my ear saying, "Hey, you need to come this way and okay, try this." And then, as much as I hated my recruiter back in the day, as sure everybody has at one point in time. Okay. Uh Honestly, the Marine Corps is the only branch that was willing to help. I was about 290 coming out of high school. You had to be a certain weight yeah. to join and get in, go to boot camp. And the Marine Corps is the only branch that actually had my friend who was back on ba- or boot leave after just out of basic. Okay. And they had him make sure I'd run, do exercise, anything and everything they could to help try to get me down to a certain point okay. so they could send me off in a waiver off to boot camp. All right. And then after that, got to enjoy lovely San Diego next to the airport for three months All right. in boot camp. Uh, got to come home. Nice, mean, lean, 220 pounds. <laughs> so I lost about 70 pounds in boot camp. Yeah. And that was... I wish I could go back to that day. 
Yeah. Honestly, back to when your joints didn't hurt and whatnot. But. That is a enjoyable thing. I, I do miss that too. Back in the early being being like in your, your young teens and the in your early twenties and such. Because now as as we get older, we've we've had a few more bumps and bruises, a couple of car accidents, a couple of uh, slips and falls in the ice, and now it's like well. We're at a point in time where now we we focus on our diet and our joints and our health and stuff like that. So it's like this way we don't have to worry about getting the hokey pokey and such and go from there. You know, like I, I, uh, I appreciate a couple of Marines out there that are really uh, forward about what's going on in society. And they're, they're quite funny because they are talking about like they 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 don't want to become the next experiment because they they learn their experience to the military. Oh yeah, there's quite a few experiences you learn in the military, especially the Marines. One do what you're told but most importantly don't raise your hand and volunteer <laughs> unless you know what it is do not volunteer usually people say you get voluntold and that's where you just get picked yeah but going back on what you just said about uh slipping on the ice and whatnot that's where i learned at a very young age that i would never be a figure skater <laughs> I could never keep my balance on the ice to save my life. You know, did you ever go to the ice, the skating rink there in Osage, over there by the where the library used, to, where the library is now? Oh God, yeah, that's been years right. ago. That's yeah. when uh, the grocery store used to be right where Spawn and Rose is now. Exactly. I was just wondering because like that's where I learned how to skate and stuff like that. It's like I was pretty good on a pair of uh, inline skates, but man, there's nothing I could do when it comes down to ice skating. I was a wall hugger. Yeah. I, I was a wall hugger there and then uh, at the skating rink in Mason. Yeah. Uh, the wall was my best friend when I went there. Yeah. Tried to keep me up and, you know, save me a few times, but... The wall was my best friend. I did not let go until it was time to go. Yeah, it was a good way to kill a few hours on a Saturday or Sunday when you're bored and it's winter time and it's like it's just it was it was a blast. It's it's unfortunate that it's no longer there, but it was fun though because it's like you got out and burn off some energy and such. And exactly. It was exactly. It was a, a cheap entertainment for the parents to get rid of the kids, especially after church, and you go from there. Yeah, they got a fire station there now. Yes, exactly. It is really it is a nice location. They they really did put a good job. A lot of people, a lot of the elders that I knew, were griping about it because they spent a little too much more money on it. They'd yeah. rather go with the, the Stacyville's version of it because it still did the job, but it was a lot cheaper. Yeah, I know. There's been a lot of changes uh, coming home off of Basic. Back in 2006, there used to be uh, I don't know if you remember where the pool, public pool, was. Yeah, an outdoor pool. Came home, they had the CRC that built. That was the biggest joke they ever put money on. To. That, yes, that they have. money. They did it because a certain person wanted a better place for music for the band and whatnot is what I heard. I and don't know if it's true. It still doesn't get utilized. I think it was just somebody who wanted to have their, their name on a building and, sh- and chip away at their legacy. It's like yep. they, they should have never done that. They should have left it as an outdoor pool and at least put maybe a slide or something like that in there because now it's like it doesn't get utilized as much as it does. It hemorrhages money, and all and the people are footing that bill as Mitchell County. That blocked off Sawyer Drive. I remember Sawyer Drive being a one-way. Mm-hmm. And then you come home, see that building there, and then you see Sawyer Drive now a two-way. It's like, what, what did happened? I just see? Yeah, right? I was like, what time zone am I in? I was like, this is just... It's a glitch in the Matrix. I was like, it's just too weird. I was like, I mean, I liked it because it's expanding Osage a little bit, but I think they could have put it in a better place. I believe so, too, because I think they, they could have simply just updated the gymnasium instead of putting... I, I have no idea how much that project cost. I, I have no idea, and I know they just added on to both the high school and uh, elementary... Sorry, 
middle school side because they shut Washington down. I know that's been years, but yes, I remember going to that school back in fourth and fifth grade when I yep. first moved to Osage from Northwood, mm-hmm. and them not utilizing that. I get the asbestos part, but, I mean, it still was a pretty good school. They updated it for – we had a kid that was in a wheelchair. They put the wheelchair ramp in, elevators. Yep. yep. Tried to make it the best they could. Do you remember? Do you remember Radar? Yes, yes. That I was still legit. see him. He's still I, around. I didn't know oh, if he yeah. was still around. He or still not. lives. Still lives in Osage. I actually met uh, working my current job. I actually met one of his cousins. No kidding. Yeah, I she, miss that guy. That guy was always a who. He was always uh, a kind man. He was very good. He give, still very is. Good person. He he still got the big one of the biggest hearts you'll ever meet. Yeah, he was. Him and uh, there was a elementary janitor. I don't remember his name. He had kind of reddish hair. I remember Lloyd Gerbic. I don't know if he 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 worked for the school for a lot of years. And he was also a uh, um, bus driver too. He was my bus driver. We're living out there on uh, off of T thirty eight there, right. over by where the suicidal deer signs are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> those are hilarious. Yeah, uh, I, I wish I wish there were more uh, more counties that would adopted those and stuff. And you know, like when you're going around with those, st- where you start seeing those those signs on T thirty eight there, there used to be a whole bunch of rows of uh, pine trees there. Well, my dad got tired of hitting deer all the time because he had an old seventy seven yep. or seventy six. Ford. It was old cast iron, like yep. it was a brick shit house. And it's the only thing that really withstand hitting those deer. But he he petitioned and stuff like that to get the, the trees cut down because yep. it created a, this blind spot right there. And he volunteered, did all the work himself, and got a bunch of other guys out it's, there. And he got Falk involved. So. Yep, it's still bad right there, especially oh, oh, bringing yeah. up Falk. It's still mm-hmm. bad right there by their quarry right there. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know they put in houses oh, uh, a little to the, yeah, yeah, a couple, couple miles to the south of there. But that's still, there's still, I had, I'm a, I had a deer when I worked for uh, Winnebago going out on T38 going that way. Yeah. And that was, that was fun. Now, do you live in Osage or do you live in Northwood or something? I live in Rockford now. Rockford, I okay. live in Rockford, Iowa now. Is that how you came across Chris? Yeah. Well, I came across Chris. It was a mutual meeting. Uh, my wife and his. Soon to be ex? Soon to be uh, we're friends and work together at the gas station in Rockford. And that's, okay. he came in one night when I was, I think I was dropping something off for her pop or coming to give her something. And, mm-hmm. uh, he came in and that's where we met. And after that, we started talking on Facebook more and more. Yeah. And eventually, uh, he talked to me about Tyson and the dust off project that Tyson runs. Mm-hmm. And he helped set up a time and took me down to meet Tyson, and that's where I honestly got into archery. I mean, I've wanted to do it for years, but meeting him gave me the final push to say, "Hey, now is your time to get into it." Yeah. And honestly, I'm glad I met the guy, and mm-hmm. so thankful for what he's done and his uh downrange outdoors because he took me out hunting and my first time bow hunting last year yeah uh didn't get anything but you know still a new experience to me so i was still grateful for the time out and getting to learn some of the basics on what to do and what not to do it's it's a lot of learning to go through everything and especially like especially where you're at and you, you get closer towards forest city there's a lot of public land that it's kind of kind of like tucked away and then even if you get towards towards okaboji there's a lot of uh public land there too but oddly enough when it comes down to public land iowa's number 50 out of 50 for it comes down to public land a lot of all that stuff is all sold off hmm. there's not much left texas comes in at 49 that's 
shocking to hear that. Right? Well, then, and then also, if you were paying attention, that uh, Bill Gates just dropped a bunch of money in Iowa, buying up a lot of farms and stuff like that. So kids don't want the money anymore, don't want to deal with it. But it's like there's there's a hidden agenda behind it. Yeah, I heard a lot of a lot of the old time farmers, their kids. I mean, it's rare to find somebody that wants to take over the farm from their parents and whatnot. I guess. I don't know if the work ethic is slowly dying out in a lot of people, or it's. I think it's just because they've gotten comfortable, because it's like the, it, it is a very tough job, very demanding. Because oh, yeah. you're, you're you're a farmer, there's no such thing as a day off, nope. especially when you start incorporating livestock, and then it's like, and, it, and it's a lifestyle to be able to maintain oh, that. But you know, it's one of the uh, most rewarding ones out there because you're your own boss, you can exactly. do what you want, some of that. But it's like you, let alone this time of year, being planting and mm-hmm. trying to get everything in with the rain and. Whatnot. A lot, of, a lot of farmers are struggling to find good help. Yeah, that is that is a big difficult thing, you know, because we're all comfortable you sitting in TV and and the TV. I think TV and video games are kind of like the downfall of what kind of a transition for what happened from the the work ethic. Because I know I remember growing up picking rock and detasseling stuff like that. I remember detasseling, but I also remember I had this conversation earlier with uh, one of the guys here at the shoot. Uh, I remember. You played outside. If it was nice out, you were outside. Exactly. Got your ass outside. You got your ass inside when that light, uh, post tunnel light turned on. Yeah. I lived in the apartments down on 10th Street. Yep. Oh, I know. I know those parts. My and, grandma lives off of 10th Street, too. So, yeah. yeah those, uh, we always used to have, uh, old, the big light bulbs out there. I mean, mm-hmm. they died. You'd basketball roll and bounce off the hoop and hit it, and mm-hmm. that light would burn out. I mean, they weren't the best, but. When that light turned on, you got your ass inside, yeah. or you were facing consequences for mom. Yeah, because you were out too late. But that is the joy of though living in a smaller community like that. Then you didn't have to worry about what you what you do if you move into like uh, La Crosse or Mason City, or if you go to Clear Lake. You know, it's like that's when you start the because now it's like you have to deal with uh, a lot of ruffians and stuff like that. And also, you never know when a pedophile is going to move into exactly because we, we've 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 developed uh, we're very um, laxed. On the pedophilia, but I take it all it takes is it takes one of the a senator, a mayor, something like that, like that, and changes the yeah. changes the outfit outlook on that. That'd be nice if people would actually start actually wanting to do something about it. I'm not saying go out and shoot the person. I'm saying keep a watch on your kids. I mean, I, I've personally I've met somebody that was accused of it. Not all of them are bad people. They've made mistakes in their life. I mean, yes, some are still creepy like that and still follow and do that stupid mm-hmm. stuff but i've met one that was trying to change his life around he knew he made a mistake and this back when i had a mentor in osage mm-hmm. he was his next door neighbor and coming from a judge who was my mentor on yeah. his next door neighbor he said he's a great guy he helps me out when i need it doesn't ask for anything so he was trying to change his life around yeah but then, then I don't, I don't know if you're aware of that. You know, you know of Dwayne Bethke, right? Yeah, I've yeah. heard of him. Yeah, you've you've heard of him. Yeah, he's 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 currently back locked up again. He he, uh, he never got any better. He's been he's been he's been in trouble a few times. He's been in, in and out of prison now since the '90s after after what happened with my cousins and stuff. Well, you you're you're, you're well, you're, aren't you the same age as Aaron? The Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug and play type of scope housing, where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra 
changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20 yard mark, you can really fine tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. Uh, Aaron was a year younger than me. Okay. Actually, they had Aaron in high school. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, now she's finally Our getting elementary school. Uh, <laughs> so uh, was, middle school, uh, my bad. <laughs> so she was dating. actually, yeah, she was actually my first girlfriend, believe it or not. No kidding, yeah. yeah. She finally, finally found a de decent guy because she went through a string of, eh, I don't know. I never met the guy. He kind of looks iffy to me. Like, one of those. Well, he adopted Addison. It's better than That's better, awesome for yeah, her. Yeah. That's I've I've only met him a handful of times because it's like he's always busy doing stuff like that. So I'm not quite sure where everything falls. But you know, they seem to be getting along all right. And uh, biggest so thing is Carl likes him. Yeah, that's he. Well, her dad, Aaron's dad, is just awesome. Her mom is too. Yeah, her, she's got yeah, a great Mary's family. A yeah. And Matt too. You got Matt, uh, my cousin. So uh, I was like, me and Matt never got along all too well. But <laughs> I, me and Aaron and her parents. He, yeah, since he's had a kid, his he's has he? he's really changed his attitude. That usually helps. Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, Aaron was my first girlfriend, and believe it or not, her parents actually moved into my grandpa's house. Bought my grandpa's house after he passed away. Oh, really? The the, the one they're living at right now. Yeah. No that's kidding. actually my grandpa's house uh, when I was growing up. Small world. Yeah. You remember Aladdin's Castle and Mason since we were yeah, talking about yeah. that? Yeah, I remember Aladdin's Castle. God, I they need to bring times. that back. You know, they brought back the machine shed there in uh, the Apache Mall. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah you actually go in there and you can buy NESs, and, and, but you're, you're paying uh, markup, though. Oh, you are, you're paying that's uh, antique fun. prices. So if you want an NES or like one of the, the, the duck hunting guns, you're looking at like 75, 80 bucks for, the, for that marker. I, I can believe it because the, the lot goes into trying to restore it and mm -hmm. make sure that it's actually and working and, and they're not them. selling you crap. And to also find the parts for it is ridiculously hard to come across. Well, they stopped making everything. So, yeah, yeah I, I get it. I think if, if, if uh, NES really wants some reassurance or resurgence, they should really bring back Duck Hunt because that's such a fun game. Oh, that was a blast. Especially, Especially when the dog sits here and starts laughing at you because you yeah. missed. Uh, yeah, because I was, that was, enough, all, the, all the video games I played with my dad, that was the one we could get along with the most because it's like you <laughs> just point and shoot. It's like he's a crack shot. It's like, it's, it's like what's that? What's that? That, that, that high scored? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that was one of the best games out there oh yeah i still remember my grandma playing uh super mario or zelda or anything mm -hmm. when you had to jump she said there 
start jumping to the side. Yeah. Trying to think she'd get it to jump further if she did it. I think nowadays, like with the, with the VR and such, I think that will be could actually work for some of them now because it would help out. <laughs> and uh, it's there's, there's a lot of uh, therapy with uh, video games too as well. Uh-huh. Like I've I listened to a podcast with Joe Rogan. They were talking about like she suffered um, a concussion that lasted. Oh, about five years because it's like the concussions. You never know how long they're ever going to technically going to yeah. last because they can say three months to to every years. But she she cracked her skull on a uh, cupboard cupboard door. She was, she was coming up and yeah, that would hurt right on top of the skull there, and it messed her up big time. So while she was recovering over the course of several years, she she actually developed an app in the game to help people restore their cognitive abilities. Wow. Yeah, a VR so, VR stuff. No, no, it was oh. it was an app and stuff like that. Now I think things could, may have changed because especially like if you're recovering from an amputee or something like that, there could there's probably something out there that yeah. somebody is developing. Well, I ask is I don't know how true it is. Have you seen Shameless? Yes, uh, Sheila. That's how they were helping her get over her fear of going outside, as they had a VR. That makes sense. That would help her, like it would act like she was in the market, and she'd have to sit here and interact with people, even though she was still in her own house. But it was a VR type platform to try to help her get over her phobia. That is actually a a swell idea, especially if you're someone that's doing high anxiety with dealing with um, going out in public and such, because you could put yourself literally like smack dab in in, uh, Times Square, and then all of a sudden have that over, and you just do certain doses like because uh, I know I've listened to some of Dr. Jordan Peterson's podcast he's a psychologist out of Toronto and he made his claim to fame when talking about uh, uh, um, thoughts think uh, thoughts pink it's from a term from 1984 and even like they're because Canada was starting to trying to change their laws where you to control your speech and he spoke up against that and that just that turned everything up on his head but uh, he talks about like how he helps people getting like over getting over your fear heights or elevators, stuff like that. You know, just going back and forth, like doing five seconds, thirty seconds, and doing those certain those certain um, okay. exercises that help them out. I, I could see that actually helping. Yes. Although I still hate doing the heights. I'm sorry. I yeah. hate heights. She, my wife, says she doesn't like heights. I don't mind heights. I, I like I've oh, yeah. been up on the the. Uh, Granddad's Bluff, going through the Rocky Mountains, going through the bluff sides. See, here. I, I could do, I could do <laughs> stuff like that mm-hmm. as long as I'm not looking out. Over a cliff or on <laughs> something small. I took her. We went to uh, to Arizona a couple years ago. And we went over to the cliff there, and it's like she got as close as fifteen yards. That's it. It's like I'm all, like, oh, there's, I can there's I can see down yards. from here. Yeah. I, I can see. Yeah, I mean that, that was a fun part about doing San Diego. We were all up and we had a hike in the mountain, yeah. in the hills right there. Oh god, that sucked. Um, well, it's like there's been – if you look around the bluff country around here, man, it's like I take it where I, where I go hunting at, stuff like that. There's some – getting to the very, very top. It's like it's an hour climb. It's like stayed up. I heard man. that's a pain in the ass to hunt. I deliver over to Decora and – Oh, yeah, that's that's hilly area there. Just some of the stories people are telling me about trying to get in and carry the deer out. They have to pretty much pack it out the right way and – yeah, you'd really have to really consider what you're doing because it's like where I was sitting at the early of the season. If I would have shot something, I would have had to break it down and make multiple trips. Or, mm. well, I could probably would have been able just to have the deer in front of me and just slowly sled down in a sense mm-hmm. and use the weights to yeah. kind of try to balance out everything. But it's like it would have been a, it would have been a, a challenge getting it down. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> you only live once. So sled down. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, thanks to Chris again. Uh, but uh, he hooked me up, or he didn't hook me up, but he put me on the uh, ghost blind. Okay. And I'm looking forward to getting out and trying that more deer season. Is that I, something you picked up recently? 
yeah, I uh, went down to Shields and picked it up, and honestly, it's it works as great as they say it does. Yeah, the ghost blind is really nice, especially for how easy it is to, especially if you're just to, like just to walk in and sit down kind of person. I say it's lightweight. I think it's maybe ten pounds, a little see, over see, to carry that's what, in. I, I want one too, but it's like I, it's just let my let my wife let me decide it because right now we're just getting by with um, fence posts and burlap. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it works. It works exactly. The one time, but I uh, or this past November, I was I was walking out and I lost. I had strapped the 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 post on my backpack Ooh. and I got all the way to my truck and I had to backtrack to go find him <laughs> again. It's like I was already exhausted. Oh yeah, I uh, I had one of those uh, stakeout blinds. It's yeah. all just to cover enough to where mm-hmm. you put it around you. I was walking in or walking back to my Tahoe with my duck blind. Okay. And I had that out with why, oh, my buddy was using it. And he just left it out there because uh-huh. we are going to go back out and try hunting again the next day. And Yeah, I lost that, and I didn't realize that until I got back to the Tahoe. Oh, and I was no. already tired. I was like, nope, somebody can have a free uh, little ground blind. So I was like. Yeah, decisions were made. I lost my uh, kickstand out there over in the back half over here. I put it in my po- I put it in my pocket out here, and so it's it's setting out there. It's but they're not that expensive. I'm not too worried about it. I actually got one of those this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Hunter at uh, Anthem Archery actually told me I should try it. it. Makes it easier. You don't have to use the stakes that they put out to hang your bow up. You just mm-hmm. set it down right after you get done shooting. Go yeah. grab your arrows and walk away. I'm like, yeah. It, it is it is nice, especially if you, if you get used to leaving it on there when you're sh- you're, you're you're practicing target archery. So then like, this way, then you just you just you get accustomed to that extra weight. He actually said it's supposed to be also a little bit nicer when you're out uh, on the ground. Mm-hmm. That way, your bow's not laying down; it's already standing up, arrow in it, ready to go. And- yeah. I know when I walked up on when you were talking to Jake there, uh, Mansell, he's another guest. He's been on the podcast too, two times. Yeah, I, yeah so, and uh, he, uh, I was telling him and talking about the impressed early experience in, in October setting where I, was, I had some does come out in front of me. And I'm the same way you are. It's like if I'm hunting public land, I'm just going to walk in, sit down, find a tree, and become yep. a, a very small silhouette. And I've had deer come, I had a couple of does come within seven yards. Of me and stuff like that, and they like they could see something there, but they didn't know what it was. Yeah, like, I, I made the mistake of having my bow out, and, I, <laughs> and it took me 20 minutes to get the bow into my hand and into a position where I can draw. And when I did finally draw, I I misgaged it. So she was closer than I thought, and just went right up over the top of her back. Better man than me, because I uh, freaked out too fast. I was out turkey hunting this year, and yeah, had the ghost blind out and. Two hours, didn't have nothing, no answers to my calls, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, three Jakes or Toms came running in, wing to wing, out of nowhere. So I freaked out, grabbed my bow a little too fast, and yeah. kind of spooked them. Mm-hmm. Still tried to get a shot. wasn't the best shot. I knew I shouldn't have taken it, but I was like, kind of freaked out and froze, and I was like, eh, wing it. Hopefully I can get one and not just wound it, follow a blood trail. Thank God I messed all together instead of just wounding the animal. So it made me feel a little bit better at yeah, the end of the day. I was the same boat, too, and then the same day my wife still gives me shit about this is that I left my uh, rangefinder in my truck 30 yards away. I got you beat on that. I walked out literally 100-plus yards away from my vehicle at towards the end of the day, end of shooting light, mm-hmm. bow in hand, I forgot my release back up in the Tahoe. Been there, done that. Yep. I, I walked about 100 yards away, and I had to turn back towards the end of the day without my release. I was like, 
I was like, well, there goes that day. I guess yeah. I'll try again tomorrow. But That happened to me earlier this year, too. It's like I was dry, I drove all the way out to my hunt land, got out, out, parked, and I forgot my release at home. So it's like, well, I did calculate the math. I drove all the way back into town. It's like, and I got in there. And it's like during – because I, 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 I got off early, so this way I can get out there early so I can set up. And I calculated the math, and but the time to be able to get out there and get set up, I will be out there right when they start walking out. And it's like, well – I will just 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 kick myself in the butt and just keep moving forward. Yeah, that's what I did. I was like, you still got a couple days. I was like, mm-hmm. it sucks, but you still have tomorrow. It's not yeah. the end of the world. Just write yourself a note on your hand so you don't forget to yeah. bring it out again this time. Yeah. I, well, the nice thing is too, it's like hunting in Iowa is a lot of, a lot of my price. Or it's like I still I'm still waiting to get drawn for my t- uh, my tags. But it's like for you, if you want to come to Wisconsin, man, 160 bucks over the counter. And you can hunt, and like, and I'll, I'll get, I'll set you up in the same county that myself, Jake, and where Jake shot Yukon. I'll have to show you some pictures. That buck is just beautiful. And then also where Caden hunts too, and uh, you can hunt from September. Uh, it's a weekend after. What's the? It's because September 11th is when I'm going up north for a an actually Lake Michigan fishing trip. Oh, and nice. uh, let's see, it's the weekend after September, so that'll be September 18th. So you can literally hunt from September 18th to January 31st. For 160 bucks in Wisconsin, yeah. where all the big boys are hiding. Yeah, exactly. So you, it's a, it's a, it's definitely it's worth, worth it. It's worth the investment, especially when you get out there, because this way, then if you, you have that long gate, you have to. We have to work around gun season and stuff yeah. like that too. But if you're able to to get all the way up to gun season and be able to tag out, or at least at least be able to punch a tag or something, because we, her and I, got eight tags last year. We didn't punch any 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 of them, but it wasn't for the lack of trying. Because sometimes we just didn't have the deer that we wanted to shoot because I'd have some younger ones show up. And it's like, I just didn't feel ethically I wanted to shoot them. I, granted, I could have put shot them, put me on the table, but it's like they were just too but young. But you want to let them grow. Exactly. As whereas me, to be my first time getting a deer, I'm shoot not going to be picky. Shoot it, yeah. That's exactly what Chris told me. He's like, we get you on one. I was like... Hello, we're at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran 4-Blade. As you can see, 4-Blades got a lot of the same high-quality materials we use with our original 2-Blade Veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay, those compress, and then the broadhead opens still has our momentum management compressible blade technology so the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight it's one inch by inch and a quarter another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like so swap the tip out get you 125 grains instead of 100 which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click, and another click on the other side. It's completely set in, will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. He's like, do you care size? I was like, no. I was like, it's going to be my first deer. I don't want to go out and get a monster and be chasing that the rest of my life. Yeah. I want to start small 
and work my way mm-hmm. to that monster. And plus, it's like especially when you have the first time you have a, you're a, a an animal in shooting range, you get that adrenaline dump. I don't know about you, but I don't I don't have that effect. First so. time crow hunting, when I actually got one, I got the shakes. I was excited. Mm-hmm. I felt like a school kid that just got a box full of candy or something. See, I thought maybe with, with you being overseas and actually now did you, um, so. Why don't you tell us a little about your military career? Because then I'll put my question on pause. Uh, served with 1st Battalion, 9th Marines. Uh, time I got a SOI, got shipped out uh, to Camp Pen- or Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. Uh, served Ramadi in 2008, and then went back to Iraq again in 2009. Okay. To Al-Assad, and then got out shortly after that in 2010. Did you have, did you have come across any firefights or anything like that? No firefights. I've seen, uh, we lost a guy April 22nd, 2008. Date, you know, you'll never forget when you have something like that yeah, happen yeah, to it. Uh, one of our FOBs, Fort Operating Bases, was hit by a 2,000-pound uh, SV bed, water tanker truck, full of explosives. Wow. And... That's the kind of shit that, you know, still gets to me that day because you flash back and being out on one of the main roads going through Ramadi, you still, all right, I saw that. Why didn't I call it out, put out a bolo for him, kind of give him a heads up and what's going on. But it's the day that you kind of kick yourself in the ass over, but. Yeah, we've we've we, we've it doesn't whether whether you've been in combat, whether you've been real in reality, it's like you, you just you just don't know. And, and the biggest thing is you can't change it or fix it because you wouldn't have get it's you know. water tanker truck. That's also hard to sit here and tell if it's water or if it's explosives. Yeah, so it's you can kick yourself, but you know at the, at the end of the day, it's like you know you, you can't change the past. Nope, you cannot. So I was just wondering, because like, where my question came into is like, I've been playing paintball for a lot of years, and I've been on, and so it's like I've had a lot of adrenaline dumps and adrenaline rushes and stuff like that, and I've never like when I shot my buck, I didn't get the shakes. It's like my brain went to go time, go to go to work. So when I pulled that trigger, when I, even when it came into shooting range, I just I drew back, followed through, released the arrow, oh, yeah. and it just went, it hit the target and double lunged. Muscle so, memory takes over. Yeah, after it's I, like, it even, wasn't even, so much when I shot the crow. Yeah, it was. Afterwards, I was uh-huh. ecstatic that you know this was my first hunt that I've mm-hmm. been on by myself. I got something that I was hunting. I was just yeah. thrilled. Yeah, it, it was that kind of adrenaline rush. Okay, see for me, it's like I wasn't really that big a thing. I was, I was re- the only thing I did is I ended up having a regret because I went up to told her it's like, hey, like I, was, I, I went up to got out, walked out, and stuff like because we wanted we wanted to give it time to to run off and die. Yeah. So I went up and talk to her and stuff like that because I knew it ran and stuff like that. So I was like, well, I'm not gonna even push it because no. I've. I've, I've shot enough deer that I know if I get up and I, I push it, it's going to take off and it's going even further deeper. So it's like, you know, I'll give it a couple hours to die and come back to it. But then it's like we, as her and I were coming back down to where where, where, I, where the arrow broke off at, and here comes a doe walking right out. It's like if I would have just sat and waited, I would have <laughs> killed two tags. One. Exactly. So now anytime I have an opportunity like that, I just now just be patient, wait for the opportunity to come through That's again. That's what I'm or still wait learning until myself is – patience yeah especially turkey hunting mm-hmm. i've honestly so far this year it's been patient patience patience yeah and that's what i'm learning the hard way 
Yeah. They're going to answer you or they may not. Yeah, that's and that if is they very don't, true. they might surprise you. Yeah, that's You yeah. always got to be ready, <laughs> yeah. especially with turkeys. Yeah, because turkeys come in like a beat up. Like deer are a little bit more. They're, they're, you know, as, the, as the season goes goes further, they become more and more cautious just because the change of the season gets colder. Like, well, yeah. they know people are going to be out in the woods now yeah. more and more frequently. Unless, unless, you look, unless you hunt on a farm that has, there's always constant working going on, like if they have cattle going through. Because, like, where well, I used to. during the rut, they know more and more hay. We know people are coming. Yeah. They've been through it for thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Well, well, in this well, yeah, in this area, yeah, we we consider thousands of years. I mean, humans have been around for two hundred thousand years, so it's like so we've had multiple um, cycles of humans coming through. So it's like like the like the pyramids and stuff like that, and, and, and all and the big towers we have is like those people that built them are all dead. And so it's like how that what happened to them, we'll never know. Especially in this area that we're in right now, doing the podcast, it Indians were here mm-hmm. long before us hunting the Blackfoot, yeah, yep, hunting anything to survive and. Especially deer, you yeah, and get elk hide. and stuff like that, yeah. and, and bear and stuff like that. Bears, bears have always been skittish, though. No matter how many years you've been hunting them, because yeah. like there was a, a gal that eleven year old shot a, a big monster uh, boar over here uh, this past fall, eight hundred pounds uh, wet. Yeah, you know, it wasn't dressed yet, and uh, people were saying it was a fake or hoax. Like, but then like then they start start finding more pictures of the DNR agent sitting right behind. I was like, no, this was a legit kill. I think I've seen <laughs> that one. That yeah. was, oh, geez, it's, that it's, was, it was huge. Yeah. Oh, I was telling Chris last night out of I I've, I don't pay for advertising, but that post right there went viral for me. I had over a million hits on it. Wow. And it's still climbing. The only downside is, though, it's like it helped really help really increase uh, my um, my viewership. The only downside is that Facebook is is I, I got enough people, ant, enough antis that reported my uh, page that I, I don't know where my growth is. So I've been stagnant at this 15,000 mark that I can't get past. And it's like, I know I'm far, I'm much higher than this because I was telling uh, Alicia, my wife, telling her, talking about the uh, the insights because you can look at yeah. like your post and you can see how it's trending. And it's like, it says I have over 200 in- interactions with it and like two different like either either smiles or thumbs up or something like that, but it's not really showing me it. So it's like, well, you know, I just got to take it on the chin and just keep marching forward, you know? Because that's like, the problem with people yeah. nowadays is everybody's so sensitive. Mm-hmm. People, we're, uh, we're we're dis, we're disengaged. That's yeah. what's what's come down to it. Because we've 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 we're so used to going to the, the the supermarket to get what we want, but eventually we're going to lose that right there. Because if you because the pre preemptive program that's going on right now, yeah. they're talking. They've been talking back since like February about the food shortage. But it's not really going to be a food shortage. It's it's creating it's establishing the fear early, yeah. and then when it does happen, it's going to create the panic. Kind of like what's going well, on with the pipeline. gas situation situation down yeah. south. You got people panic buying sitting here mm-hmm. and filling up anything and everything i saw a picture the other day some chick was trying to fill up a laundry basket yeah with like, gas she, she, she yeah, it's like a, there's there's a lot of stupid, natural selection yeah, yeah natural selection right but the worst worst part is though it's like those of us that are that are that are preparing that understand what's going to be happening it's like we gotta we gotta take an eye on that because we're not being shown the truth and that's what we are having the issues with and so that's why it's like you need to get back out there and get to your roots and start planting a garden start learning how to can and stuff like that exactly. our grandparents knew what's going on and it's like you talk you talk to the people that served in world war ii they'd be pissed at history historians They'd be stuff like that in their grave right yeah. now like uh, alicia's great grandpa served on d-day on normandy and survived and i never got a chance to meet him but if he was if he was still alive he'd be he'd be upset because of what was going on because he fought bullies and we even we've elected well actually can't call them elected they're more like selected so once you once you under, once you once you transition that forethought it's like there's actually more of a of a an evil presence 
Exactly. Then I go on going on from there too. So I don't know about you, but it's like I've been going to church more and more, and it's like I've been having more of the gospel reaching out towards my heart and like putting things together. And it's like now you start looking, you you look behind the curtain. Exactly. That's I, I'm getting there. I've kind of lost my way, but thanks to you know Chris Ham here at HHA, I've kind of been finding my way more and more and getting mm-hmm. back to that. But I, I agree. There there's a presence afoot that. We may not be able to see it, but there's a lot of us that can feel it's there and yes. something. I'm not talking war, but something is coming. Yeah, it's it's either either we're we're going to start seeing varsity get off the bench, or we're going to see this massive surge because I've, I've noticed that there's there's a big push towards um, the gospel all across the board. It doesn't matter if you're in uh, um, Iran or Iraq. It's like it's it's just they're starting to see people opening up the spirituality, and I think exactly. once they see that, they're going to start looking at ways to help them make better. And I think it comes down to better food choices too. And uh, I've learned that um, with uh, fluoride and stuff like that in our water, it actually calcifies the pineal gland. That's that's what establishes your your spirituality. That's why we've mm-hmm. kind of gone away from God for so long. And then it's like, but uh, what I found out that the Indians, the way they break down that to keep that that their spirituality, because Indians have their their Hinduism and stuff like that, and it's very spiritual with it. And it's like they understand that if you mix pepper and, t- and uh, turmeric, it actually breaks down the calcification of your pineal gland. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. yeah. It's something you have to really have to actually go outside the the modern day um, forms of in, information. So it's like you can use TikTok, you can use YouTube and stuff like that. But the thing is, like things you like that, you got to get out. You got to really dig deep into it. You know, like there's a gentleman here, Nathan, and we call him Doc, and him and I go, we him and I share a lot of information going back and forth. People would call us a little nutty, but it's like you know, when you when once you once you're awake. You really are awake. You usually see, but you can't go. You can't fall back to sleep. See, that's another thing that's wrong with today. Nobody listens to their elders. Mm-hmm. How are you going to learn if you are not going to listen to the elder people that have lived through stuff like this? They've been through it. Uh huh. They know their way around. You can learn a lot from sitting down with somebody your parents' age yeah. or older. They have so much wisdom to share that mm-hmm. you'd be surprised if you actually gave them five, 10 minutes and had a conversation with them. Yeah. hundred percent. I would love to sit down with the, with uh, Alicia's grandpa to, to, to great grandpa to, to like, what would he do different and stuff like that? And what would just, cause I, um, uh, all I have left now is one grandparent left and she's 95 and she's at the rehab there in Osage. Yeah. And she, she got, the, she caught the, the hokey or the, the pandemic, but it's like, I think she just had a cold, but nobody told her what she had. So therefore the fear didn't say Yeah, going on and that. F- I've seen numbers and, you know, he had flu that would be in the millions, mm-hmm. and it's only in the thousands right now. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden, magically, it got, it got cured. It's like, what happened to it? Yeah, exactly. You know? And and the thing, nice thing is about this podcast, we, we have people all across the country, so it's like you look all across the world. So people in Germany that listen to this podcast or in uh, Afghanistan or in um, uh, Beijing or something like that, or not, well, and I wouldn't say Beijing because they, they they maintain the censorship there, but uh, <laughs> Berlin and London, so like, yeah. they're, 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 those guys are actually taking the streets and rioting. Yep. Uh, not necessarily right, but they're, they're protesting, like, I guess, in India or uh, Italy. They, instead of the cops trying to um, hold back the, the protesters, they turned around and they joined them. Yeah. That's, that's what a lot of people need to realize is they're humans, yes, too. Yes, they're exactly. Cops are humans. I, I've mm-hmm. got cop friends. I've grown up. My buddy's dad is now the police chief in Osage, mm-hmm. Brian Wright. Okay. Uh, they're, they're humans. You mm-hmm. treat them with respect. They're going to treat you with respect. It's yeah. like anything nowadays. Yes, there's going to be a few bad apples that it's always how, they got 10%. The, how they got the job, you're going to make yourself under. That's anywhere you go. Mm-hmm. It could be in your workplace. It could be in somebody else's. There's always 
that few people that you wonder, how are you here? And, yeah, you just don't yeah, associate get with it, them. Get it, yeah. I mean, I got I, – I don't understand racism. I, brought, I was brought up believing in, as some people say, as weird as it sounds, Dr. King's uh, speech when he came out and said, I had a dream that mm-hmm. one day my kids will go to school – and be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Yeah. And that's how I've always tried to treat people mm-hmm. is I'm going to judge you on the content of your character. I don't care if you're black, brown, white, purple, orange, green, yeah, right. whatever. Especially being in the military. It's like being, you you, exactly. you work with everybody's walk life. There, there's no such thing. You All you see is black and white. Exactly. That's Speaking of that earlier, I actually had a buddy came down that I served with that's Asian. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you, there is no skin color. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna make fun of the black people because I've actually seen the stereotype on him not wanting to swim. I've actually seen it in real life, but I know damn well if I need that guy, he's gonna have my back, and right. vice versa. Yep. But you can still pick on him for not being able to swim, and not want to get out of the four foot end. But yeah, that's their preference. Hey, but like I said, he's still a great guy. He's gonna have my back at uh-huh. the end of the day. We would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new Kydex holster. We the People offers all American-made holsters designed for everyday carry. Whether it's inside the waistband or outside, these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies. And plus, they offer free shipping on all orders in the USA. So go have a look, and while you're at it, check out what else they have to offer. Merch link in bio. And whatnot. Yeah, and that's and on, all that matters. And on top of that, too, it's like not everybody's gonna have the same experiences we have too, because like we're we're a per, we're we're a person who's grown up at. It's like they like they maybe never like had a swimming pool to go to, exactly. or they had a poor ex, or they had a really bad experience, like a near death one, where they're they're terrified of it. So it's like you you all you can do is just uh, listen. Shit, I remember my buddies getting their license, and we'd used to go from the pool, and then stop going there and we go to the river and Mitchell and yeah. go play King of the Dock and Yeah <laughs> King of the Dock. Oh man, that was the good old days. Oh, yeah now now it's not we, we fun break. when you're the smallest guy <laughs> out of your friends. <laughs> I mean I'm I mean changing growing up, you know, mm-hmm. about the same size and a little bit bigger, but I mean, I wasn't exactly the beefiest kid growing up and you got a friend that's my height, about six four or six three, and he's mm-hmm. gotta be at least two eighty, three hundred in high yep. school. I mean, I didn't get that big until high school, so yeah. I was always the smallest guy. Never playing Smear the Queer with him again. Uh-uh. <laughs> Played that once and my buddy ended up breaking my collarbone on accident. Ooh. Yeah. Ouch. Le- ouch. Left collarbone, he went for a tackle and I was on the ground and he misjudged. And instead of going around my chest, his shoulder hit directly on my collarbone. Ugh. And that's all we heard was that pop. Ouch. You remember Sweeney, right? Chris Sweeney? He broke his collarbone oh, yeah. in football. I yeah. remember Sweeney. Still, yeah. I have him on Facebook. He was a nice guy. I haven't talked to him in a while. Yeah, and I, I got Caleb Byer. You got Nicholas Cloberdance. I mean, both the – Oh, Nick, yeah, I Nick, remember Nick, Nick served. Nick yeah. was my uh, – his dad was my mentor. Oh, no kidding. Murray. Murray, yeah. And then, yeah, then unfortunately, he passed away at yep. an early – young age, very yep. young. Uh, it's my senior year. That he uh, passed away. Uh, he was. I never got the chance to meet the, meet the gentleman. I met his. I met Nick's um, uh, Brenda. mom. Yeah, Brenda. Yeah, yeah Brenda. she was always sweet. Oh, and she's then, a, always been a sweetheart. Then Scott and Sherry Bar- Byer, and those two. Oh, are, yeah, Sherry. Those two are awesome. Sherry is a riot. Yeah, she is sweetheart. Uh, quick serving Osage. Great place to go. Great food. Oh yeah, it is. Especially since uh, the pizza. Of there. Oh, they're 
Oh yes. Oh yes. There are pizzas to die for. I love it. I wish they still could still count cans, but it just it was just. I, I remember to... that was a redemption center mm-hmm. before they uh, moved in and put the food place in there. Yeah, because it's all that's all it was. Because the guy owned it. My dad knew him too, and he sold it because he was getting up there in age. And he used yeah. to be on the, over by Ace Hardware there. That's actually I think it's the same building. And then he bought that one or actually built that, and then he turned and he put the. Uh, well, you're talking behind Ace Hardware there. Over that over in that general facility yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember. I remember that it was it used to be the redemption center, and then uh, what else? You got um, uh, the pizza place there. Um, on the uh, Sanders, Sanders, they opened that up, and then um, Am Sandry. I don't know if you ever met him or not. He was he was a migrant. I don't know what ever happened to the guy. So, but uh, his parents opened that up, and it was a uh, AJ's Pizza. They used to have that. Um, oh, uh, downtown. Uh, yeah, downtown. They used to have that back area. It was all full of arcade games. I don't remember that one. I remember AJ's uh, Attic. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's not. BJ's. BJ's uh, Pizza, I think. Was it BJ's? Because AJ's Attic was like two doors down. Yeah. I don't know if they're still. AJ's Attic is still open or not. That's R&B. Yeah, Russ and Barb. Yeah, they're from. They used to own the uh, the Corner Roost there in... uh, uh, New Haven, man, they had some. Oh, food. that yeah. Some really My sister food. used to live out in New Haven, and that Haven was always holes. that was always a good place to stop and get some food, mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. some pool, quiet bar, yeah, friendly staff. Yeah, I mean, it's still standing. I don't know if it's open, but that building's still standing. Stands, stands, driving still there. Oh, it's still God. open. Yeah, yep. That's that's stand walk. Good old stand walk. They actually changed the menu up. They actually added new items uh, with the new owner. Oh, very cool. That's also because I think it didn't get bought in like 2016 or 2017. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, Unkin. I can't Unkin's? remember. Unkin's? Yeah. Th- was uh, it? Or- Eric Unkin's wife. Okay. Yeah. Cause I knew it was a woman that purchased yep. it. I just remember. I yeah. read the article, but I don't remember. Who, I never his, met the gal. So. His wife and uh, the menu change they had. Last time I was there, they had a jalapeno like brat patty Ooh. type. Oh. Do they still do they still have the pizza burgers there? I wonder. I haven't been there in a minute. Honestly, I, I know they changed your menu. It's been a couple of years since I've been there. Yeah, yeah. My dad, whenever we go over to my old man's house, is we're, we're like, well, it's like usually him and I will have a uh, four or six in us. So it's like we usually don't typically drive, you know. And or it gets dark and, and Alicia doesn't want to drive. So it's yeah. like, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna usually we'll fire up the grill and have something. We usually always plan on having steak or pork chops or chicken something yeah. like that because I know his uh, his grill is known for making some mean chicken. Oh yeah. Yeah, we did uh, last year. We we um, I bought a buffalo roast because over there and over by Caledonia, Minnesota, there, there's a guy that butches a, a buffalo there, and he oh, and he, nice. and he travels around to the uh, farmers markets. You know, set up shop there, and so we'll, we the, the same prices as competitive with beef, but oh. a bison is just such a delicious oh, meat. We d- we did a low and slow on that. Oh God, it was delicious. <laughs> oh God, it was good. The only time I've had bu- I've had buffalo burger, but. The only time was I was doing road construction. We we're down by Fort Madison, okay, and they have a little area over there that they bought the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought a roast. You ever want delicious food? Go work road construction with some Mexicans. Yeah, <laughs> I promise you're going to gain about twenty pounds in that year that you work with them because oh, right, the way them. they cook. Yes, the pico de gallo that they make. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the uh, they're butter. just amazing cooks, especially if you, especially if, if, they're, if they have their their elders have a really good um, tamale recipe. Oh, oh man, I miss I miss Phoenix because I used to go on down. I used to work with a, a really nice uh, culture of uh, Hispanics there, and it's like yeah. man, getting invited to their barbecues or, or the quinceañeras. Oh, dude, it is so much fun. You uh, could be, you could be the whitest guy there, but it's like everybody <laughs> treats you like family because it's so much fun. There's actually there's a 
place down in Decora. Uh, she just recently started going there. She got a trailer uh, that's called Leslie's Taco Trunk. Okay. And it's authentic Mexican. Their burritos are just huge. Yeah. It's well worth the money, well worth the trip if you got time. It's. I'll have to make a trip through there because I go down. I used to I go when I go from Lacrosse down to Southern Iowa to go visit friends down there. I will go. I, I go through Decora, so I have to plan it either either do it during lunchtime or come back up through dinner time. It's usually Thursdays. She's open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know if it's changed. Okay. Great food. I promise you, I'm a fat kid, and I can usually eat a lot. <laughs> One of her burritos, and you're full for almost the rest of the day. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So I want to get back onto the topic of uh, archery. Like, now since you've been starting to shoot, uh, shooting arrows, or shooting uh, pointed sticks now down at targets, how has that helped you mentally? Honestly, uh, just being able to have a release from everything. doesn't matter if I get something, if I'm out hunting, which has yet to happen, or doing 3D shoots or just shooting at home. It's just nice to be able to go out and find peace in the release of archery yeah to being able to better myself and just just the way that there's always something else you need to learn it's Mm -hmm. it's a never-ending learning process with archery and honestly i think that's what's drawn me to it is it's a never-ending process that you Mm -hmm. get to learn you get to try you get to meet new friends you got your first bow, wasn't it last year, last fall? Uh, last, uh, I think it was June. June? Okay. It was right around the time some of the 3D shoots were just starting to open up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris took me down to meet Tyson. Okay. And uh, honestly didn't know what to expect, what kind of bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took me down to see Tyson. He hooked me up with a Expedition. It was a 7HD. Lo and behold, the story behind it, I can't confirm nor deny yeah. the story, but it's supposed to be Mark Hex, the owner of Expedition's uh, old bow that he gave to Tyson for the dust-off project. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, that's what Tyson said, too, but, like, you know, it's it's, it's got a history for it. So the next thing is you've know, you got to find Mark and talk to him. It's got a big history behind it. Apparently, mm-hmm. he killed a pretty big stag. I think yeah, number the two num- in the world. Yep. So uh, I got some pretty big shoes to fill with that bow. Do you know those the, the world those big stags are only kept on private land? You if you no, go I if didn't. you get after a uh, a public land uh, New Zealand archery hunt for um for a red stag, they don't get nearly that size. No, I didn't yeah. honestly know yeah, that. Yeah, um, I know. Speaking of that, I there's something I read. I don't know how true it is, but they were trying to bring back the uh, Irish elk. That there there is a there is a botanist out there that wants to start playing around playing playing God and he wants to try to bring that back and it's like that that's a massive that's a massive massive, uh, massive yeah. deer that's, I think aren't they bigger than moose oh they're yeah they're yeah they're um I think they're like they have them by about two or three hundred pounds and they're Jeez. they're they're antler spread is something like 70 inches 80 inches plus on both sides they're just a massive animal the fact that I don't think there's any the only place we could actually probably bring them back and actually have a sustainable population would be Alaska. 
because it's like they're they're a migrating animal. They'll they'll travel and like the, our highway system would keep it from happening, or they have to be in a pretty much a high pen operation. Montana. I mean, they still have the highways, but it's a little bit more open at least. Yeah, because you the, the pretty much yeah, because you only have um, I twenty five and I ninety going through Montana. So if they stay up towards the Canadian border right there, I think you'd probably have a, a suitable population. I mean, they got the area. I mean, I've seen posts trying to get people to move to Montana because mm-hmm. it's not really highly populated i mean it really isn't i've talked to i always I, um the company i work for i talk to people out in montana and stuff like that and they're they're frustrated because it's montana starting to become california because they're getting all these these oh, people coming up and I leaving heard. and so it's 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 jeopard it's changing the whole entire dynamic of the housing market because you need to remember you're moving away from a state that you don't like don't mm-hmm. bring that crap with you yes leave it in the state that you're leaving behind yeah this state is this state for a reason your past state Stays in your past state. That's what happened with Florida too, because a lot of New York is moving down to Florida and stuff like that. Like, don't bring your new, don't bring New York to Florida. No. Okay. Hey. You expect you got all the old people that want to retire and go to Florida, and then you got all these people moving down, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I miss the South. It was beautiful. Definitely miss me some Bojangles sweet tea. I never had Bojangles sweet tea before. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. I put it in. We'd go out after a night drinking and <laughs> put a lemon in it. And mm-hmm. Yes. Now, where where did you where did you come across it? Is that down in Texas? Is that Louisiana, uh, Alabama? Down in uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. Is where okay, I first had it. I need uh, it's more down south. I think there's some in Tennessee and Kentucky. So you don't okay. have to go too too far, but it's mainly the southern southern states that have it. All right, because when I was in Arizona and New Mexico, that wasn't a thing. But then again, it's like I didn't meet anybody yeah. that went well. You're already in the south. It's like not a lot of people from like that area is going to move to even hotter neighborhood. I think I think it's more mainly East Coast that it's uh, okay. down south. All right, yeah, because down, down down in the southwest there, it's more like the red and green peppers, man. Those guys take that very seriously. Oh, I love me some red peppers. Uh, ever since I had my gallbladder out, I can't really do too many spicy oh, food. Bummer. It sucks. I still have my gallbladder not going away. My brother doesn't, and my dad doesn't either. But so that's like they have to they have to pen their uh, mind their p's and q's when it comes down to eating uh-huh. that. What you eat? It sucks because I used to eat anything and everything, but. It's part of getting older. It happens, right? So now, since you've been shooting archery, what has been the biggest win for you? Honestly, I'd have to say today, because uh, I've told him to him in person. But honestly, between Chris Vega and Chris Ham, they've both been just a major influence. So getting to come up and actually do this HHA shoot and what HHA stands for mm-hmm. and does for veterans. Honestly, I would consider today probably one of my biggest wins. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, you know, me getting behind a bow about five years ago, six years ago, I think it was 2015 was our first year I bought a bow, so I only got six years in. And I just I just really liked doing it because at the time, I, was, I didn't have anything really going on. Like So it's like I'd get off of work doing a uh, – you know, to get off work, or go into work, and I'd spend two, three hours there at Kaidu Creek there shooting my bow and getting better and better at it and such. Now I'm starting to see my eyesight getting not being focused. It's like seeing the, t- the 12, you'll 12 have spot. To, you'll have to pick on Chris on that one. I don't know if you saw his post the other day. Yes. He was a sighting in his bow, and he, 
He realized that he's not so young anymore. Yeah, he's he still in his twenties. <laughs> yeah, he's not even thirty yet, and he had to put his glasses on just mm-hmm. so he could sight in at sixty yards. Yeah, because I've always noticed it's like if, if I'm having a bad day or a rough day at work, you know, get behind the bow, and then all that stress and anxiety just disappears. Right. And it's like that's what's been a nice thing. So like I haven't had to, to start taking any pills with the, regarding stress or anxiety. So it's like you know, it's a good way, a really healthy way, and especially when you listen to uh, um, David Wooten's. Uh, testimonial. It's like archery literally saved his life. It saved a lot to, of people's yeah. lives. Chris was supposed to uh, introduce me to him today. Yeah, they, he's there. He's a Chris. When Chris is here, it's like he's a very, very busy man. Yeah. So, but when I don't, isn't he with the company? Yeah, I don't know where is. I don't know where David's at right at the moment anyway. So, but I think. Uh, Oh, he's in the back nine. Oh, he's, oh, he's back out there shooting. So there you go. There's but. that answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw, because I, I saw Tyson and I saw David walking by and stuff like that. They're out there <laughs> shooting. So I need to get on there on because I was I noticed with my bow. It's like I, I had to really adjust my um, not my anchor point, but where I, where my pin was because it's like I really need to get that sight lined in. And it's like I didn't put the time into it last summer because like I got it uh, for a f- the. Uh, uh, Blackhawk shoot, uh, shoot there in Stevens Point, and that's when I got everything dialed in. And, and it's like then it rolled right into hunting season. And it's like you have to have up to sixty yards to really dial it in. And now it's just like I just I learned from a guy that that shoots a lot out in Colorado, and he says it's like you just you chase the arrow, and that's one of the biggest things. Like oh, that's like so it's like if you're shooting to the left, you move to the left. You're shooting right, you just. I think you, that's what helped me today with being prior military. Is that's. I kind of we had I had the chance to shoot multiple times at some of the targets and yeah <coughs> I'd realize I'm shooting to the left with my arrows new arrows this year so that's probably another big factor yeah but I'd shoot to the left so I'd knock another arrow and kind of aim a little bit more to the right and find out that helped me and I'd get where mm-hmm. I was actually aiming yeah and I actually need to, I actually need to move I actually need to move my housing up. Cause I find, cause I think it's just too low. Cause I'm noticing that it's like my 20 yard pin is 23, and it's like I think I need to adjust that and just do some I mean, fine basic tuning for it. That's what I was telling you earlier. Is mine? I'm on. I messed with it when I was out turkey hunting. Why? I don't know. It just seemed like a good idea to do at the time, <laughs> and it was a mess after that. So I had to go to the range and reside in and mm-hmm. moving it up and down. I think I moved it one too far. So now yeah. my 15 yard is 20 yards. And so on and so forth. So I have to sit here and go back to my original point at the 15-yard marker mm-hmm. and go from there and count up to Now, five. Are, are you using the Tetra or are you using the, the slider? I think I'm using the Tetra Max. Okay. All right, then. So, yeah, that, that's, it takes some just a, some fine tweaking with it. It's a very nice setup with the gear system they have on it. Very smooth and very quiet. Exactly. And it's easy setup. You side in at 20 yards. You find your 20 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving up and down, left and right to mm-hmm. get to where you want. Yeah. Back out to 60 yards, and that's when you're actually moving the dial. You'll put your – I don't think you put your side tape on yet. No, you, you, once, you get your, once you get your 60, then you start putting your side tape on. But you just – it's up and down from there once you get your 20. Mm-hmm. Once you get to your 60, slap your side tape on. That's what you're at, and you're done. Yeah, because I noticed I was shooting to my right, and then I, I just kept on pulling my side over to my right, and then it just like lined up, and now it's like I just need to get the uh, Z-axis taken care of. I say I'm still learning the whole windage uh, on my site, so that's been a learning. That's why I just kind of, all right, I'm hitting here, move a little bit more to the right, mm-hmm. and it usually helps. 
Yeah, and also I I was talking to Greg Tubbs. He's he's on he's a co-host for the uh, uh, Where to Hunt podcast over in uh, over just uh, east of here in Wisconsin. And he he he's a, he tinkers a lot. He's very good at it. He's he's like, he got that that analytical mind stuff like that. Yeah. He he's a really good person that I've used to when I got when I start working with mine out there at Stevens Point. When I actually had a chance to sit and have a conversation with him, it's like that's where we figured out that uh, we needed to how to play with that and so it's like it was a really good asset to work with but i don't have the i don't i'm missing the uh allen key to just the housing so and it's like we had we bought a a, uh, a new set a new set so we can actually utilize it so yeah, i got yeah. one i lent it to a buddy he gave it back and where it is from there i have yet to figure out where i put it after yeah, he gave we're, we're in the same po- we're in the same point too because we 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 moved here and so it's like we still have some stuff that we need to dig out and I think I'm confident it's, it's in in one of uh it's in Alicia's bag I just got to find it dig it out I think it's uh, on top of my fridge because the fridge uh, handle uh, didn't fall off but the screw loosened it keeps it tightened down to the yeah. inside screw and that's an Allen wrench so I was like messing around with it got mm-hmm. tightened down and i put it somewhere and it's been lost ever since then very cool very cool man so then you just it's like you get to you, you're really just catching on now do you think you'll be able to make to more of these hha usa shoots i am really hoping to and i'm trying to get as many people as i can mm-hmm. like chris uh, vega has tried put on on his page his downrange outdoors trying to get veterans to come up here mm-hmm. uh in a predicament right now, I'm in between jobs. I start yeah. the new one on Monday, so that's going to be the big difference. Is it's going to be a little bit less hours right now, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping next year we can get more. There you go. Come up to more and whatnot. Yeah, that's the thing about once you start getting outside decor there in Denver, you start going more uh, west in there, Iowa. There's not a lot of places that do a lot of shoots. You got to get more towards like Cedar Rapids and, and uh, Waterloo and such. Honestly, I think the furthest one to the west or east that I have done is Riceville. Okay. I mean, I've been down to the Port City one that Tyson and the mm-hmm. Blackhawk Archers put on down there. Yeah. But I think Riceville, as far as northern Iowa, that's the furthest mm-hmm. that they put on. You get over to Cresco, Decorah, Wacan. I don't. I haven't seen anything. Uh, I haven't really seen anything either. I think I know uh, Anthem puts one on there in Decorah. I just, I'm just not sure where. I know they do indoor at Anthem. Yes, they do. It's like they almost. It's like they. I feel like they've outgrown that place so quickly. But it's like right now it meets their needs. Well, the way you got Expedition and Anthem, I mean, both great. Mm-hmm. Great people, Expedition. They have great customer service if you're looking at a new bow. But yeah, Anthem is where they usually sell them, or you can buy them right yeah. next door. They have great guys. I mean, Zach moved on. He's doing bigger and better things with uh, property sales and stuff mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. They got, I think his name's Andrew. Apologize if I got it wrong, but yeah, he's another great guy. Other than he uh, and same with Kurt too. I actually had him on my podcast, but I lost the audio. Ooh, yeah, because it's like it's it's it just glitched out on me, and it's like I lost the audio, and it's like I, I want to go down and actually have another conversation yeah, with him. It was and, a pleasure meeting Kurt, and then yeah, I yeah, Kurt's just a heck of a man. He used to deliver to his brother as well uh, out in Freeport mm-hmm. at his uh, auto business there. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, Andrew was harassing me the other day when I bought my first set of Element gear. Mm-hmm. Because uh, uh, my last year bibs, I was taking a step over on public land, uh, one of those lines that they got blocking you from pulling in there with your vehicle. Yeah. And it ripped my leg. So 
him and his infinite wisdom laughed at me and said, hey, you sure you don't want to buy two pairs so that way you don't rip them? Or if you rip them, you have the extra pair. Like, oh, that's ha, funny. Ha. You're funny. But yeah, I know they're great people there. Mm-hmm. I love going there. About the only place I'll go in northern Iowa for them to touch my bow or yeah. whatnot. Yeah, I've, got to, I've got to admit some really good people over at Coyote Creek and Lacrosse Archery. Right now I won't go to Lacrosse Archery because it's just not it's just a hop, skip, and jump away. Uh-huh. And uh, Anthony Schmidt and those guys down, I'm currently rocking uh, uh, Schmitty Strings. So it's like they're 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 really nice, and it's like it's his own proprietary blend. So it's like I, I don't know if I necessarily need to. to, to I haven't shot enough to really need to replace them, but man, they they don't have any spring to them. They they, they hold real tight, so I'm pretty good with it. I'm I'm, I'm proud. I think I'm the strings are gonna outlast the limbs. <laughs> I I don't know what. Uh Tyson put on for strings. I think it's America's Best, I believe, or America's Choice. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, it's what he goes through and where he gets his strings. Because I remember him telling me about it last year, but I just can't remember what it is. Mer- oh, okay. Uh, great strings. Uh, but I think these days when it comes down to string companies, then, then everybody makes a really high-end string, so now it's just splitting hairs. It just comes down to your customer service experience, you know? Exactly. And that's why I'll stay with going to anthem is mm-hmm. i have never had a problem when they worked on my bow yeah. always been kind may pick on me for you know doing something stupid <laughs> to it but they're all they've always been nice and i'm one of those people like i've told chris and i've told hunter and zach and all them at anthem yeah that i'm a loyal person you guys have been this great to me i'm not going anywhere else for mm-hmm. anything on my products. Yeah. I know the feeling too. Cause like, right. I, I it's uh, like, I really respect Matthews. I really respect Darton. I really respect, um, expedition. I just don't know which one I want to go to. I say, Max I, bow. I'm props to all, all the bow makers, but expeditions, my first bow and expeditions where I'll stay. Mm-hmm. I was, I did shoot a Hoyt first. Then I went to elite. Cause I, I um, cause I talked to Ethan there at Cutter Creek, which one he, I don't know if he's still at Anthem, but I know he moved down to there. Ethan, uh, it's, and, but, um, Ethan Ford, could be. I don't know his last name. Uh, say if it's Ethan Ford, he's still at Expedition. Yeah, because I know he's, he went down and started shooting for them and yeah. such. And you know, Ethan was always my guy because it's like anything I had someone going with my bow, it's like you just tweak it, just just took care I'll of it. That me. was Zach at Anthem for me. Yeah. Other than when he was out or he hurt his shoulder. Uh, so it would be Hunter. Yeah. Zach was hurt that did all the work on the bow. Yeah, if I, if I had the money, if I was if I, um, working up to having that kind of money where it's like where I can just go and buy one of each, because it's like I, I don't ha- I, I like them all. I really just like I have loyalty to a really good quality, and that's where exactly. it comes out. But I come, my loyalty is with the customer service from the bow shop, and it's like I can't stress more than enough don't buy your bows online, go to your bow shop, support them. Not only that, but they're going to be able to help you more than buying your uh, bow online. Yes, exactly. If, if you want to buy your bow online, I mean, by all means, buy it online, but go see a professional before you buy it online. Yes. Get your measurements. Make sure that this bow, I mean, they'll they'll help you. They'll walk you through it. Mm-hmm. Make sure the bow you're looking at online is actually going to fit you and work for you before you do it. Yes, oh, 100%, 100% on top of that, too. And then, on, and then, like, if you're a new person to archery, don't just go by what the specs say. You need to shoot them because the vibrations from one bow is not going to like you the, the other way. So it's like you need to shoot them. Exactly. Like before I bought my first Hoyt, I shot every bow on the market from from Darton to to Martin to uh, to uh, Expedition. Well, I actually didn't have a chance to shoot Expedition at the time because the where I was where I was yeah. there in the Rochester area, then they didn't have nobody had Expedition. So but I, I actually started on a bear bow. My uncle 
sold me was a bare bow, but that was the draw length couldn't go back far enough, and I keep yeah. slapping myself in the forearm every time Ooh. I really. Oh, Ouch. That is fun. No, I'm just kidding. That's not fun. No, but, no. And then from there, that's when I met Chris and got down to Tyson, got hooked up on a expedition. Yeah. And like I said, I, I won't go any other way. Just awesome. their product, the way it shoots, it has yet to do me wrong. So so today's podcast brought to you by Expedition Archery in Decor, Iowa. <laughs> 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 yeah, but it's like, it's it's. I like the HGA shoots because it's not competitive unless you get with competitive people, you know? And it's well, like, it's this one being with veterans, it's, well, we're going to pick on each other, yeah. but it's all fun in the end. Right. That's that's the biggest thing about it. Like I'm looking forward to this upcoming scramble in like 45 minutes here. So, yeah, we've we've hit a lot of fun topics. Here. Is there anything you want to say before we hit the hit stop? No, I much appreciation for having me on and you guys being out here and getting to shoot with you guys. Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for coming on, man. I'm glad we got to reconnect after all these years. I mean, it's been 20 plus years <laughs> since since we've since we've crossed our yes, paths. It so. Has. Man, this is nice. So, thank you again for your to our service of country. We appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do. So that's why I do what I do with the companies I work with. So, we appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome, sir.